You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo with Andy Barrar in studio today. We've got a lot to talk about. Uh, we'll do a little uh, prequel on the upcoming Consumer Electronics Show. This is one of the big, biggest tech shows uh, in the world down in Las Vegas. Over a couple hundred thousand nerds and geeks go down to see what will be the latest in technology. I think this year they're expecting, we're going to find out later on in the show, but... Somewhere around 175,000 people are going to be going to Las Vegas to learn about all the latest new technology that we're going to see in 2017. And the interesting part about this whole thing, about this whole show, Mike, this is an industry event. That means it's not even open to the public. So you have 175,000 people in the tech industry across the globe all coming to Vegas for about four to five days to look at the latest and greatest in tech. And it's uh, something that I know we look forward to every year. And um, we'll be going uh, next week to go check it out. Yeah, we'll uh, be giving you a little taste today. We've uh, got uh, one of the folks uh, that puts on the Consumer Electronics Show. His name is Jim Barry. He's a spokesman there. So he'll be uh, giving us the lowdown on what to expect. What are some of the, the hot trends that we're going to see coming up in 2017? Lots of uh, tech news this week, Andy. One of the Big ones I thought was interesting. Uh, the Vancouver-based pay-by-phone app company was acquired by Volkswagen. That's right. And I love this app, Andy. I live by it. Every day I use it. It's uh, basically an app that allows you to pay for your parking at all the city-run meters and a lot of private lots now. And I, I don't even like parking at parking lots that don't have this uh, this app available. And they've got bought up by Volkswagen, which I, I thought was an interesting move. What's more interesting is this company's been around for 16 years. I know, crazy. So what was going on 16 years ago with this company? Because smartphones weren't around back then. I guess you were paying by like dialing well, in. Yeah, they used to be pay, pay by phone, literally. You'd phone in, yeah. uh, and it would recognize your phone number, and you'd have uh, your car associated with that uh, phone number. Uh, but they've made it so much better now. The app is just so easy to use. You put your credit card in there for storage. You can actually put multiple credit cards in uh, now. You can select multiple vehicles, and I love it. I don't have to sit there in line at the parking meter uh, if it's one of these lots, and you just basically type the number in of the, the meter of the lot you're at, and... Uh, Presto Kazinga. I love works. it too because now I don't have you coming to my desk with a couple of quarters going, hey, I'm in a meeting. Can you uh, put some coins in my car? So yeah, we both love this feature. It is pretty cool. But you know, what is the future for, for that? You know, I've seen new technologies coming out uh, where uh, you know, parking spaces will recognize your car. Uh, you know, will this type of company, this app transition or evolve to that or, or other companies uh, uh, coming to the forefront of that? Well, you know, for them to be acquired like by Volkswagen, they're going to get the kind of the financial backing to create this new um, innovative ways of parking because, yes, it's very convenient to pay by your phone, but just take that equation all out together. So you just park and you're automatically getting charged for the time that you've been there. Um, and I think that's just going to be around the corner in addition to autonomous driving, because if you're going to have an autonomous car, it's going to need to park, and that needs to be automated as well if you're going to be paying for the parking. Good point. I actually saw a demo uh, from Hewlett-Packard uh, last uh, year, or no, sorry, this year, uh, where in, in this future city, the car, uh, again, autonomous, uh, knows where all the empty spots are and basically can reserve one and go there and basically park and, and pay for it at the same time. What a time to be alive, I must say. Yeah, what could go but wrong? But parking with- is one of the worst things about, like, especially, like, 
when you're in a city, a congested city like New York, like you ever see the the prices that people pay for parking in like New York City or even Toronto, and it's Toronto? getting up here yeah. as well uh, in Toronto. Uh, my my parking bill can be thirty or forty dollars for the yeah. day, which just is crazy for me. I'm not buying the space. I'm just and you can't it. ever like you just never know how long it's going to take you to park, and that's one of the hardest things. Is say you're going to a meeting, yeah. You always have to allocate extra time because you just don't know. You might find one right away. You might not, and be going around in circles. So. You know, these types of technologies are going to make our lives much, much easier in the future. And um, I just love the fact that it's a Vancouver-based company. They say 50% of lower mainland households are already using this service, mobile payment service, within the city of Metro Vancouver. It, and it's painful, Andy. When I go to other cities like Toronto, they, they haven't embraced it the same way Vancouver has in mm-hmm. some other cities. Uh, it it drives, me, drives me crazy because I've rented a car and I'm trying you know, to park and all these parking lots and meters got to get out of your car you got to pay some crazy guy or you got to go up to one of the the ticket stands there and figure that whole thing out Mm -hmm. it's just it's hard going backwards in in technology speaking of uh technology this one was kind of an interesting one uh from amazon they are uh, one of the biggest e-commerce giants in the world uh we know they're experimenting with drone delivery which will be fascinating to see how well that works in the future. They've uh, filed a patent for flying warehouses. Yes. So, <laughs> that's, that's nuts. I, yeah, I think this is going to take um, some explaining to do. So basically what they want to do is create what's called an airborne fulfillment center. So imagine a, flying a, wa- warehouse. a warehouse in the sky. Yes. And then you have these drones that go into this warehouse that's floating in the sky. Yeah. And it picks up your package, and because it's already up there, I think they were saying about 45,000 feet in the air. Is the highest it can go. It doesn't really take that much energy for the drone now to, to, to descend to your home and to drop that package off. Because the biggest problem that they're having with drone delivery right now is there's only a certain amount of battery life that that drone can carry because it has to be light. So by having this up in the sky... It's going to save the battery powers of allowing it to, okay, to come down. Okay, great. Yes, coming down, easy. So what happens to the drone after it drops the package off? Well, then it's saving all its power to then fly back up. Oh, come on. Back. This, drone, this drone is going to fly up 45,000 feet? Well, it, That's it's crazy just, talk. Let's just put it, we've got to remind people, this is a patent that they had applied for. Somebody yeah. had found it. You know, There are people that just like look at what patents different companies are, are filing so it doesn't mean it's going to happen. It doesn't mean it's going to happen, but they are definitely considering it. So can you imagine the, the Amazon guys around the boardroom table? I envision a flying warehouse yeah. in the future. It's like, George, patent that. Yeah, you, make that happen. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> okay, on, on the topic of crazy technology, I talked to Jill Bennett this morning about this. I heard this. this the morning. Kissinger gadget. Yes. What is the Kissinger this, this is the craziest thing I've seen. It's pretty crazy. I want you to try to explain you're, this. Oh, you're going to make me explain this? <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. Okay, so if you're in a long-distance relationship, one of the biggest problems is that it's hard to be uh, you know, intimate with your, your loved one who's abroad. So what they've done is a bunch of researchers have designed this, this apparatus where you dock your, your iPhone into it, and then you can have a FaceTime or, or a Skype call with them so you see them on your phone. But then when you want to kiss them... There's this little apparatus that allows... It's like a little pad. It's like a little pad, and you kiss that pad, and it takes the, the, the sensors of that touch, whether it's just a little peck on the cheek or you're going in for the kill. <laughs> it can understand that, and then 
it will give that same feeling to the other person on the other side. So it's like simulating a kiss on the it cheek. It has motors and actuators that kind of go up and down to simulate the lips and, it, yeah, and the so pressure that, of the kiss. That, that pressure you put on, on your end is then being received on the other end. And they're what trying kind of, to make it... What kind of idiot would you look like walking down the street with one of these things? Well, definitely you want to be doing this in the <laughs> privacy of your own home. You're not going to be walking down the street kissing your phone. Um, but one thing about this, there is no tongue. So <laughs> it's really just... Well, a, that, that's... That technology is coming around the corner. Well, that's I'm the sure. next version um, of this. So they call it the Kissinger. It doesn't have to do anything with Hen- Henry Kissinger. It's just uh, I know when I looked this up this morning, that's I, the kept first thing Hen- I, I, I kept getting Henry Kissinger. Yeah, that's all I could think of. Uh, so you know well. what's what's even weirder, Andy, is that this technology has been out for a couple of years now. There's other companies working on this. Yes. Oh, and this was all part of a conference. Uh, it's called the Love and Sex Robots because this is actually a thing. They're creating robots that people can have like sex with and they said that in a survey 50% of men would be willing to, <laughs> to have sex with a robot in the future and so they're having a big conference to talk about this and um, you know it's a it's a strange time I have to say in, in terms of technology and all the different kind of products that we're going to see in the near future. Speaking of products we'll see in the near future, coming up after the break, we've got Jim Barry, spokesperson over the Consumer Technology Association, folks that put on the Consumer Electronics Show next week, and he'll be giving us a lowdown on some of the tech trends that we'll be seeing. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar. We're broadcasting live across the Chorus Network here in Canada. You can also listen to us on the Chorus Radio app and uh, our podcast at getconnectedmedia.com. Don't forget to uh, check out the TV show weekly on BNN, the Business News Network, and our segments on global news. Big news for us. Next week is kind of our uh, big week of the year, the Consumer Electronics Show. You and I go to this every year Mm -hmm. to see what new technology will be coming out, not only for uh, the coming year, but uh, for the coming years. That's right. And I've been going to this thing for years now. Uh, It is just overwhelming just how much stuff is down there and how many people. On the line right now, we've uh, got Jim Barry. He's a spokesperson over at Consumer Technology Association to talk about the Consumer Electronics Show. Thanks for joining us. Hello, Mike. Hello, Andy. How are you? Good. We're uh, we're getting ready. We're uh, hydrating and taking lots yeah. of vitamins. <laughs> I get those sensible shoes. Yes. Actually, it's funny you mentioned that, Jim. Is after this show, I'm going to go buy some new oh. shoes. <laughs> I've learned that lesson years from going to CES. I know. Those are the three things that I always tell people. You're right. It's absolutely huge, and it's going to be the biggest ever this year. Um, I should say next year, 2017, next week. Uh, but it, it is, uh, I always tell people, you've got to focus. It's so big. You've got to have a pretty good idea of what it is you want to see and what you want to accomplish because there will be over um, two and a half million square feet of exhibit space, over 3,800 exhibitors, even more than last year. So it's going to be huge. So you want to focus, you want to hydrate, as you said, and you want to get those sensible shoes. And you get those three things done, uh, you'll probably have a good show. (laughs) Explain to our listeners, 2.1 million square feet, like how do you even wrap your head around that? Yeah, it's over two. Actually, it's going to be over two point five. Oh my god! Uh, and that's yeah. And people say, "What does that mean?" You know, well, think of a football field. Think of about forty football fields. Wow. It's that uh, entire space, 
And then, you know, 3,800 exhibitors. That's, you know, another very interesting thing this year is this is the 50th year of CES. The first one was in 1967 for you kiddies. Uh, I wasn't at that one. My, my first one was in 1979. But in 1967, the new technologies were things like eight-track tapes, uh, cassette tapes, <laughs> color TV was still big. They were still selling a lot of black and white. The transition from black and white to color was still in progress. So when you think about that, it was held in New York. There were about, uh, uh, I think, about 17,000 people there um, and uh, 120 exhibitors or so. And uh, this year we're going to have, as I said, over 3,800 exhibitors and about 170,000 people from all over the world. Uh, so it really has become an international CES. So this thing's been around for 50 years. What are some of the, the cool technologies that have been announced uh, and shown at uh, uh, the show over the well, years? Well, a lot. Somebody said something like 700,000 new products have been introduced. I mean, wow. that's, a, that's a count. That would be an estimate. They often say 20,000 every year. Uh, some of those aren't like brand new, but iterations of things that have been around. But 1970, for instance, the VCR, the video cassette recorder, was shown for the first time. And it really didn't get into stores and begin getting into homes uh, for almost 10 years in serious uh, numbers. Uh, the, uh, the compact disc, the CD, was introduced in 1981 at CES uh, and then showed up in stores in 1984. Camcorders uh, were introduced in the early 80s uh, also at CES. And then high-definition TV in 1996, I think, and then showed up in stores in 99. So that's kind of an indication of the way a lot of things when they really start to coalesce as a product, usually there's a lot of stuff going on beforehand, like different formats and fighting in the background. But when they really start to coalesce and then show up at CES, usually it's several years. In those cases I just mentioned, it was anywhere from three to seven or eight years before they really start to take hold in the stores and people start buying them. Jim, having been at so many of these shows since 1979, what are the more memorable years uh, for yourself personally where, where you thought that uh, it was a, a big year for the world of tech? Well, that first one, you know, when I first went, I was the editor of a magazine, trade magazine, Dealerscope, and it was more, uh, I mean, the VCR was the new technology there. But a few years after that, the early 80s, when I actually started to know a little bit about what was going on, too, because I had come from a different industry, and the first show was... Certainly it wasn't as big as it is now, but it was big and daunting to kind of get around. But in 81 was the introduction of the PC. You know, the Apple II had been out for several years, but the IBM PC. And then those first several years of just tons of uh, personal computers. Uh, and at the same time, the video games, the first round, Atari, uh, the Atari 2600, uh, that, those early 80s were just uh, innovation that we hadn't seen before, and we're in starting to see now again. But you had those, and then beginning after 1984 with the deregulation of the phone companies, the breakup of Ma Bell here in the U.S., then you had all of the new phone products. Before that, most people had a phone in their house. It used to be a term you kids wouldn't understand <laughs> called waiting by the phone. <laughs> if you were waiting for an important phone call. Um, 
but uh, the the phone companies were deregulated, and then you know after that it took another fifteen years for cell phones to really start taking off. Uh, but all of those things, I, I think those early eighties, I was very fortunate to get into the industry then when all of these things were really starting to take off: the PCs, the video games, all of the telecommunications, and along with that, uh, the home video revolution with VCRs and camcorders and so forth. I remember back in the day there was also the competing show Comdex, uh, but that uh, didn't make it. The Consumer Electronics Show uh, kept going. Why do you think they failed and uh, CES well, kept going? Well, they didn't fail. They were big. Comdex was real big, and um, it was annual and had uh, uh, and also in Las Vegas, but then they had other ones as well. And it was also open to the public, so it was a little different. It, CES is a trade show. You know, even with 175,000 people, it's people from all over the world, but it's people in the business, as you guys know, and it's really designed initially for retailers to come and find out what was uh, going on and what products they'd put on their store shelves later in the year. Uh, so Comdex uh, was all about computers. And think of what's happened with computers and digital technology. Um, I think the last Comdex was 2001 or two, uh, And it really grew from the late 70s again all the way through the 80s and 90s. But that digital technology migrated from desktops to laptops uh, and to tablets and to smartphones and to the internet of everything so all of that stuff and digital television and digital telephones all of that technology migrated so it really uh, wasn't uh, you know a, a strict computer show had a hard time keeping going so yeah i, I wouldn't say it's jim bad. i'm just gonna put you on hold here for a second uh, we're gonna have to take a break do you mind uh, hanging on so we can talk about what's coming up oh happy to okay we're talking with jim barry from ces Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike and Andy here in studio. We still uh, got lots more to talk tech today. Later on, we'll be uh, going open line, taking your tech calls and questions. We'll be your on-air tech support. We'll also hear App of the Week from Christina Stoyanova. On the line right now, we've got our good friend, Jim Barry. I call him the human tech time machine. <laughs> He's uh, the spokesperson over the Consumer Technology Association. Talking about the Consumer Electronics Show coming up next week. Thanks again for uh, sticking around, Jim. Yes, nice to be with you guys. So we talked a little bit about the past. What what are we going to see now in the future? What are we? What kind of trends are we going to see when we hit the uh, show floor uh, next week? What can well, you, what can you tell us? There's a couple things. You asked about the past, and I said that the early 80s, when all of those different technologies were beginning to coalesce, was some of the most exciting times. Well, that's happening again now with new technologies. And it's great to be on a show uh, um, about... Uh, Get connected because smart connections is going to be one of the big themes here. Whether it's all this mobile devices and virtual reality and um, uh, uh, artificial intelligence and video games, health and fitness tech, taking all this stuff with you now, and ultimately this Internet of Things or the Internet of Everything. This is really um, what uh, is a culmination of a lot of. uh, of technologies, whether it's wireless technology getting better and better, and we're really on the cusp in the next set, several years of having 5G technology, the next generation of technology, which give even faster and um, more robust connections. So that is coming too. But you've got uh, we're going to have these special areas there this year, including uh, sleep uh, sleep technology, smart home technology. Uh, wearables, marketplaces, gaming, gaming, and virtual reality. So all of those things are really starting 
uh, to come to the fore. We saw a lot of them advertised as holiday gifts this year, uh, but we'll see them at CES, and then in the next couple of years we'll see them in a lot more uh, stores and homes. Jim, one thing I've noticed over the last couple of years attending CES is just how big the automotive companies are getting into the Consumer Electronics Show. I almost feel sorry for the Detroit Auto Show because a lot of the things are being announced at CES that would have normally been announced at Detroit, but because of the amount of technology that is going into these vehicles of the future. Well, you're absolutely right. And, and the, yeah, the Detroit Auto Show, the big show, is in a couple of weeks after CES and has been uh, for years. And I actually talked to a reporter who said uh, he went to Detroit and uh, one of the uh, car makers said, oh, you know, we actually introduced that at CES a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> and we're going to have nine of the top automakers there. It really has, you know, a couple of my other old buddies and I, going back a half a dozen or more years, we joked that we went to CES and an auto show broke out, because that really is what's happened. Uh, as I said, m- most of the top guys will be there. We'll have electric cars. Uh, we have a lot of artificial intelligence. We have these autonomous vehicles, which are also... Uh, known as self-driving cars. Uh, we're going to see a lot more of that this year. And these are big, as you guys know. These are not like little displays. They're real auto show kind of uh, very exciting uh, displays. Now, it's not just the, the big manufacturers, Jim, that are going there. There's also a section you guys have called Eureka Park, where all the startups are, are, are coming. Tell us a little yeah. bit about I, that. That's my favorite part. Yeah. Well, I was about to say the same thing, my favorite, too. And as I said, I've been going to this show for a long time. And you'd always find little startup companies, a couple of guys. Well, six years ago, we started, CTA started, um, uh, called Eureka Park. And this is uh, just for startups, and there were 50 companies, and when we say companies, you guys know, haven't been there, it's using that term loosely. A lot of times it's a couple of guys or gals or a guy and a gal who have an idea for a better electronic mousetrap, and they go and they get a booth there, usually a 10 by 10, and they're looking for uh, seed capital and venture capital and so forth. Um, But this year there's going to be over 600 uh, in Eureka Park. So it really is, and that's really, you know, when people ask about CES and the Consumer Technology Association and the industry, I say it's really about innovation. If you want one word, and that's what these companies really represent. It's always funny, Mike, when we go down to Eureka Park, we're coming with the camera crew and, you know, we got our mic flag for, for the show and all these startups just come, like, hound us. Like, <laughs> you just like all the attention. No, <laughs> no, I actually have to, we have to hide our mic and cameras just to look at everything because they keep, like, they have hustle and I, I'm really appreciative of that because you can see that energy in them of trying to get press, like, and like Jim mentioned, seed capital to make these ideas of theirs come to fruition. Yeah, it's, it is one of my, I, when you said it was your favorite place, it's been my favorite place for the last several years, too. And it, some of those companies, you know, there are a lot of companies that are at CES that were little companies uh, at the show years ago, which are now big companies. You know, there's one company that has exhibited at every CES since 1967, and that is Panasonic. Wow. And they have, that company has changed, and that was a tiny little company in 1967, um, and then grew to be, I mean, it's part of uh, an international machusta, but uh, grew to be, uh, you guys know, over the years, some of the biggest uh, um, displays at CES. But they're the one company that's been there every year. Jim, uh, we are out of time. I, I want to thank you so much for joining. It's a, always a pleasure to have you on the show. We're so looking forward to coming down there and checking out uh, everything. Where can people find out more information? 
Uh, well, CTA.tech is the association's website. CES.tech is the Consumer Electronic Show website. You can also uh, follow me on Twitter at CTA Answer Man, and you can listen to your program. You guys are going to find out all about the show in the next week or two. Thanks for joining us, Jim. Thanks, guys. That was Jim Barry, spokesperson down at the uh, Consumer Technology Association, talking about the big CES or Consumer Electronics Show next week. We will be down there. We'll uh, be broadcasting our show live from there as well. That's next right. Saturday. That's right. And we're going to try. Uh, I hope that all works. <laughs> well, I hope that works. But I also hope we're going to try to do some Facebook live videos. So if you are a fan of us on Facebook, you want to stay tuned because we're going to try to broadcast live. The only issue, and we run through this every year, there's so many people there that we have uh, issues with Wi-Fi and getting reliable Wi-Fi. cellular reception. Any kind of reception. So uh, stay tuned for that. I want to open up the phone lines. We are going to go open line here now on Get Connected, taking your tech calls and questions, whether you're having any tech issues or you want some buying advice for gadgets, we can help you out with that. 604-280-9898. And long distance, anywhere in North America, 1-877-399-9898. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike and Andy here in studio. We've opened up the phone lines, taking your tech calls and questions, 604-280-9898. If you're phoning long distance anywhere in North America, 1-877-399-9898. going to jump to the phone lines. We've got Scott on the line. Hey, Scott. Hi there. Happy New Year. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to get your comments on uh, two kind of related issues. One, uh, your, your opinion of the AirPods, I've heard complaints about uh, fitting issues, making oh. all the social media. Yep. And uh, any recommendations on uh, headphone Bluetooth transmitter for a headphone jet? Recommendations? Sure. Uh, first on the AirPods, these are these new wireless earbuds uh, from Apple. They look like little earbuds with little sticks, mini sticks out of them. Uh, brand new. They just were released into uh, the Apple stores, I believe. I've had a chance to try them on back in September when they announced them. Uh, my ears did not have a problem with them. Uh, if you've ever tried the uh, the earbuds or ear pods that come with iPhones, uh, if those fit, these will fit. Is it the same design? It's same design. Yeah. Yeah, except they're completely wireless. I like them a lot. I I tried them on, I jumped around, I shook my head around, pretended I was jogging. Uh, they did not come out. So they fit my ear, but people's ears are different. So I would recommend going down to, uh, for example, uh, an Apple store and actually trying them out. Uh, they will actually let you try them on. They will. Clean ones, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, you hope <laughs> they clean them afterwards. <laughs> um, the big thing for me, though, was the W1 chip that they have inside. So if you are part of the Apple ecosystem, you've got an iPhone or an iPad, these things are amazing at how easily they hook up or sync with your iDevices. It is like magic. And the battery life in them is like magic as well compared to traditional Bluetooth uh, headphones. That said, uh, it does still have Bluetooth. So if you're on the Android side and you just want to have the AirPods, you could use it as well. Our good friend Daniel Bader, who's the senior editor over at Mobile Nations, he wrote a review of the AirPods, and he said even for Android, this are probably the best, um, you know, for for Android as well. Wireless earbuds. Uh, Apple also owns Beats, the uh, the headphone company. They actually have, I think, three models with that W1 chip uh, built into it. You might want to check those out. If the uh, the AirPods are not 
for your ears, they've got a number of other uh, Beats headphones that have that W1 chip. Uh, if I was an Apple person right now, like an iPhone user, and I needed a new pair of earbuds or headphones, I would not get a headset that didn't have that W1 chip in it. Yeah, absolutely. It just works really well. Like yep. you said, you turn it on, it automatically connects. Oh, it's I can't even tell you how simple it is. Uh, so you were asking about a Bluetooth uh, transmitter yes. uh, as well, Scott. And... There are a few on the market. Uh, I haven't looked into it recently. I know Belkin uh, used to make one. These are little devices that plug into the ports on your your phone or device and will uh, create a Bluetooth connection with things like headphones. Yeah, so most most of the smartphones um, have Bluetooth enabled built in, but you can get these little Bluetooth transmitters. Genius is another company that I know makes them, and that allows you to kind of have that wireless uh, abilities. Um, it might be hard to find. I don't think they make them as much as you, they did before, but you might have to Because everything's got it built in now. That's yeah. right. So you might have to look online, but you can get that. And you can actually just get, even for your, your uh, computers, you can get these little USB adapters to allow Bluetooth on that front as well. So if you don't have it, it's out there. It just might be harder to find. You might have to check online if it's not in stores. Yeah, you can uh, check out London Drugs uh, as well. They've got tons of uh, these adapters and uh, transmitters, so uh, they would be a great uh, resource for that uh, as uh, as well. We've still got lots uh, of stuff uh, to talk about coming up after the break. We've uh, got Christina Stoyanova coming in talking about uh, App of the Week. Andy, the contest... Well, it's the last week for our big contest for 2016. This is actually the last show of 2016. So we're giving away the Samsung Gear Fit 2. This is a wearable device you put on your wrist that can track all of your movements, your your heart rate, your cadences, your steps, your calories burned. But we're also giving away the Gear Icon X. These are Samsung's version of the Apple AirPods. They're completely wireless earbuds that go into each ear. And it also has built-in storage up to 4 gigs, allowing you to play music without the use of your phone. To enter and win the Gear Fit 2 and the Gear Icon X, you just have to go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com, to enter and win. When we come back from the break, it's App of the Week with Christina, so stay tuned. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike and Andy here in studio. It's that time of the week. We've got Christina here with App of the Week. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. What do you got for us? I have an app to help you achieve your New Year's resolutions, <laughs> which I fail at miserably every single year. I think a lot of people have a hard time with this. I think we all have the best of intentions. Andy, have you made your resolutions? I, I, I don't actually have that problem because I don't make any New Year's resolutions, <laughs> so I can't break them if you don't make them. I feel like that's the way to go, but if you're insistent on making New Year's resolutions, then try this app. It's called Strides. It's for S- iOS. Strides? Yes. Okay, and what do you do with it? Uh, It's a goal and habit tracker. So you enter in your goals or habits you want to form or break. And then you can actually uh, track all that with milestones and, um, you know, it charts your progress and things like that. So if I wanted to lose weight, I put that in. I want to lose weight. And then what happens? Mm -hmm. Well, (laughs) there are flexible um, ways to track it there, whether you want alerts or... Um, if you want to be entering your uh, Put progress. down that Big Mac, Mike. <laughs> do I get like a notification like that? I'm not sure if it'll do that for you, but it'll you geolocate can... geolocate me. You <laughs> can try <laughs> it, Mike. Get you out of there. I'm not supposed to be here. 
very, very interesting. So I guess you can put in a number of goals. Yes, you can. Yeah. Yeah. You can track up to 10 goals, I believe. Okay. And is this a free app? It is a free app. There's also a premium version, um, but I would go with the free and see how you do and if you need to unlock anything that... What, what is the premium one? Does it electrocute you when you're breaking your goals? <laughs> yes. No, because you push notifications on how much of a failure you are. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, it unlocks some features like unlimited goals and things like that. I don't know if I'd have more than 10. I don't know if I have more than two. Well, the, you're supposed to have short-term goals and then long-term yes. goals. And your short-term goals are supposed to connect with your long-term goals. Yes. I think anything past 10, though, and you're fighting a losing battle. Yeah. Fun fact. I think it's January 21st is when most Fun people, people <laughs> yes. break their New Year's resolution. About three weeks after when everything kind of goes downhill. I don't know if most people even last that long, to be honest. So this app, from a business perspective, is it only good like one time a year? <laughs> like for about 23 good days? Good question. <laughs> well, the idea here is that it helps you drag that out a little longer. Yeah. Maybe you'll make it to like mid-February this year. Who knows? Interesting. And again, called Stride. Strides, yes. And don't know if you were listening earlier in the show, uh, we have this new device for you <laughs> uh, called the Kissinger. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I think you have to have a boyfriend first. Thanks for that, Mike. Yeah. And then you can get two of these. Maybe you should just get some now, just in case. Oh, no. We've already made the request. So. Have we? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> and you've been, uh, you've been, uh, you've you can been tell by the look on my face that I'm amused right now, right? <laughs> uh, you're going down the Consumer Electronics Show as well next week with I us. I am, yes. Uh, out of all the team members, you're the least excited typically to go down. Because it's a lot of work. Yeah. CES almost breaks me every year. I forget how much work it is. Well, yeah. uh, me too, because uh, I just don't sleep. Like, it's amazing how little sleep you can go if you're in a, an environment where you're so excited. Yes. I do love it, but it's just exhausting. Well, we'll, uh, we'll be shooting a lot of uh, segments down there for our YouTube channel and our show uh, as well. Uh, how many did you do last year? I did about, I think it was somewhere about 76 to 78 in three days. Yeah. So that's like 20 to 25. <laughs> you know what's funny is I just forget because there's so many of them. Yeah. But um, yeah, we, we shoot a lot of, of different content. It's just, you know, anybody who's a content creator, it's content heaven, especially in the world of tech. There's so much stuff to cover. Yeah, we get months and months of it. Absolutely. Which is yeah. uh, fantastic. Contest one more time, Andy. We're giving away the Samsung Gear Fit 2. This is great if you have made a New Year's resolution. This will help you manage uh, your goals. And also the Gear Icon X, completely wireless earbuds that work with your smartphone. All you got to do is go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com. want to thank all the folks that helped put uh, the Get Connected show together. Of course, Andy Brar, my co-host and producer, and Christina for coming in every week uh, to talk about App of the Week. And uh, stay tuned. Next week, we'll, uh, we'll be coming back. Uh, actually, we'll be down there still doing a, a live broadcast from Las Vegas. See you next time.